Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Thanks so much for listening. This is Elizabeth, registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. If you'd like to give your eating habits and health some helpful attention while avoiding the overwhelm and harm of dieting and diet culture as we kick off this new year, I'd love to invite you to my five-week healthful habit club. It starts January 10th. Each week, I'll introduce you to small, simple, totally doable nutrition action steps that are rooted in a gentle, intuitive eating approach to food. My goal is to help you cut through the diet culture noise to make eating well more easeful, enjoyable, and most importantly, sustainable. Over those five weeks, you'll have lots of opportunities to interact with me live and get your questions answered. You'll prioritize your self-care, and you can feel assured that you're getting sound, qualified, non-diety nutrition guidance that's aimed at improving your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Visit the link in the show notes or www.elizabethharrisnutrition.com slash habit club to join us or learn more. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. Today, we're talking about giving yourself permission to eat whatever foods that you feel like you want to eat at any time, but especially during this holiday season. I'm curious. We have a deep dive series before this episode. One of the principles of intuitive eating is making peace with food. And what we're trying to encourage people to do when we talk about this is to give themselves unconditional permission to eat any food that sounds good. And I'm curious what fears or immediate thoughts come up for you when you hear a dietitian saying to you, you have unconditional permission to eat any food you would like. I'm going to eat any food I like, although that looks a little different for me now. There used to be a huge fear that that then meant I am going to stuff myself full of pumpkin pie stuffing and mashed potatoes and eat every possible thing and I'm not ever going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I give myself unconditional permission to eat, I will never stop eating. Yeah. So that's a self-trust issue. Absolutely. In fact, I've been so bought into that that even though I'm told that's not true, I'm like, <laughs> you haven't met me. Mm-hmm. I will. Yeah. That's what you used to think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't buy into that anymore. What else? What other fears or thoughts come up with you when you hear? So when I hear that, I almost think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat all the food. I hope nobody judges me for eating all the food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So fear of judgment. That shows up for me, too. I mean, I'm excited because I love all the food. Yeah. So given permission to eat whatever I want sounds awesome. So Maura's feeling a little bit fearful. You're feeling a little bit excited. (laughs) Both are sort of common reactions. Any other thoughts come up around it? I mean, definitely. I know Tara just said this, but this is one that I do struggle with still that I tend to buy into. Not 100%, but like, what are they going to think of me? What is so-and-so going to think of me if I choose to eat this? Those kinds of thoughts are definitely a big struggle. For yeah, me. it's a little bit of food policing and comparison coming into that. Yes. Even if they have not done or said or even expressed anything, I will still be like, what are they going to think? Right. I agree. I have friends that obviously would never think anything about what I'm eating. 
but I am like, oh my God, don't fill your plate too full. Just take like a little bit. And then if you want more, come back, but don't go back too many times because then they're going to notice that you spent your whole night eating. There's feelings like that, even though I'm not even in a situation like that. Right. Yes. And thank you. I think that that is really common. Did either of you have the thought of how could that possibly be healthy? She just told me to eat whatever I want. Yeah. I'm going to eat forever like that. And then I'm going to die. Right. Or maybe I've tried that before. Oh, I've tried eating those things. I tried bringing that food Mm -hmm. into my house and it didn't go well. I ate it all in one night and then felt sick and guilty about it for days. That is something that I previously thought. Yeah. Burning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So these are some of the common thoughts and fears that come up when we talk about giving ourselves unconditional permission to eat any food that you want. Everything you said is really, really common. Some of those judgment thoughts about, oh, but so-and-so, what will they be thinking of me if they see this food on my plate? I would argue that very much comes from diet culture, right? That idea that there's this way we're all supposed to eat or that we can or even should judge someone else for what they're eating. Mm -hmm. When the reality is, I could never possibly know how hungry or full you are at any given meal or which foods will hit the spot for you in that meal. Mm -hmm. And maybe today you're eating this one certain way and tomorrow you're eating entirely different because that's just what sounded good to you. So I would say that very much comes from diet culture. But all of the other things we talked about, about what I never stop eating, that self-trust piece, or how could that possibly be healthy? I would just keep eating those foods and that wouldn't be healthy. Or mm, I've tried that before. I'm addicted to those foods. I can't have them in the house. Most people who feel this way are very much coming at this from a scarcity-based mindset, a restrictive mindset, uh, a diet culture mindset. It's another way of saying all of those things, right? Because what does diet culture tell us? Either don't eat those certain foods, right, whatever those foods are in your mind, or only have a little bit of them. Right. But it's all about restriction. And what people don't understand is that those fears, oftentimes they're not just fears. They are actual experiences of, oh, but I have let myself eat those foods and I overdid it. Or when I haven't been dieting, I sort of felt like I was off the rails eating. Or when I have invited those foods in, I did mostly want to eat those foods. And those are real tangible experiences. But They usually stem from that scarcity and restrictive mindset. Yeah, that's something that I definitely had to work on a bit in the work that we did together. Because I I was like, no, when I keep ice cream in the house, I eat it all right away. Mm -hmm. When I let myself have cookies, I will eat all of the cookies. So I have to get only one cookie at a time. I have to only buy one at a time. Right, or not bring them into the house. Yeah, I will only eat ice cream at an ice cream place when I go out for it. I can't keep it in the house, even though I love it. And all of that, that's restriction, right? And deprivation. I'm depriving myself of ice cream, even though I actually enjoy it. I'm only allowing myself to have it in this one very specific circumstance. So what we call that in my language, is the restrict binge cycle. And what I want to help people understand in this discussion is that they go together. The restriction drives the massive cravings, the feeling out of control, perhaps the binging on the certain foods. And you can think of it like a pendulum. So when you decide or tell yourself, I can't, I shouldn't, I'm not going to eat these certain foods, or I'm going to go on this diet, and that involves cutting out all these certain foods, Essentially, you're pulling the pendulum back, right, to one side. 
Well, what happens when you let a pendulum go? It's going to swing very far in the other direction. It swings way on out over here, which is I can't stop thinking about those foods. I'm craving them. I'm eating them. I'm eating way more of them than feels good. Maybe I'm like eating only Cheez-Its, only ice cream. Personal experience. (laughs) Yeah. And then what usually happens? You have that experience of it doesn't feel good what I'm doing over here. It probably doesn't make me feel good in my body or like I'm protecting my health if I'm eating these foods in this certain way. So So then you flow back to the other side. So then immediately our brains tell us, oh, see, I knew I couldn't do that. Yeah. That's why I can't bring those foods into my house. That's why I need to eat according to this specific plan. Mm, The brain is so tricky. And that's why I need to go on another diet. And essentially, you're pulling the pendulum. If you guys are seeing my hand motions, you've then just pulled the pendulum back, back to the restriction end. Well, the next time you're at a party or your partner says, hey, let's go get some ice cream or you're in the grocery store and those foods look really yummy and you don't want to have to avoid them again, you're letting the pendulum go, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost always going to show up over here on the other end as eating that feels really bad. So how do we break that cycle? We break the cycle with permission. By giving yourself permission to eat those foods, permission, we, we spoke about this in another episode at some point, permission to eat it in a way that doesn't feel good and to learn from that mm-hmm. and not learn, oh, that means I need to go on another diet, to learn, oh, The way that I ate that didn't feel very good. So let me, A, keep having it. Essentially, what we're trying to do with this power of permission of food is we want you to become what we call habituated to a food. And habituation is the concept that our brains adapt to repeated experiences. Another way of saying that is our brains find novel experiences overly thrilling and exciting. So to put this in food language, if I only allow myself to eat ice cream when I'm standing on my head and doing this certain gymnastics move. Sounds like a recipe for brain freeze. And being funny. But if I only allow myself to eat it in very strict, very specific circumstances, I'm keeping it novel and exciting. I'm not allowing myself to become habituated to it. Yeah, it's like giving yourself permission and then continuing to give yourself permission. Yes, without pulling the pendulum back, which is the hard part. And often that's sort of what I'm working through because a lot of fears come up, right? What if it does make me gain weight? Or what if I don't stop doing it? So don't stop eating them. Or what if I did eat them last week and it really did not feel good? I don't want to repeat that or I don't trust myself to repeat it. So a lot of fears come up that we're working through when we're talking about this concept of making peace with food. But I want to give people a non-food example of how habituation looks Mm. like in practice. So imagine falling in love. And the first time that that person you're falling in love with says, I love you, it's super magical, right? It's like a stop the presses moment. You're just have all the feels. You write about it in your journal, (laughs) whatever it is. It's ridiculously exciting and special. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forward a year, five years, even six months, same person, same three words, say the same thing to you. And it's nice, right? We're still glad that the person loves us, but it is not overly thrilling and exciting because we've become habituated to it. This is what I'm trying to help people do when they come to me and say, well, I don't trust myself to have certain foods in in the house or Mm -hmm. 
I'm addicted to sweets. I can't do that. I can't stop eating them. Let me ask you this. Would it be fair to say that food manufacturers kind of contribute to this scarcity mindset with this? I'll give you an example. One of my favorite things are like Reese's eggs Mm -hmm. that come out at Easter because the ratio of the chocolate to peanut butter is just like perfect. It's better than regular peanut butter cups, although I will still eat those. But the fact that I know that these only come out once a year, or you could argue the pumpkins and trees are like the same. So like three times a year. Pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin yeah. spice lattes. Like these things are only here for like a little bit of yeah, time. So we're super excited. When so we we're have super them, right? excited and we have to like eat them all real quick because they'll be gone. Right. We can't really habituate to that. Yes. That's a great example of how you it would be hard to become habituated. Like those are exciting when they come around. For me, it's pumpkin yogurt. I'm obsessed with Chobani <laughs> pumpkin yogurt. I literally go to the grocery store and buy 30 at one time to stick them in there for the next two months because I love it so much. And it only comes around. I'm going to have to try it. (laughs) I love Chobani yogurt, but usually it's pineapple for me. So now I'm intrigued. It's hard to find the pumpkin, I'll tell you. But don't come to Edgewater. When you do, it's worth it. So, yes, that is a great example of sort of non-habituation, I guess you could say. Yeah. Manufacturers capitalize on that, on scarcity. Totally. I mean, there's a reason why scarcity tactics are used in marketing, right? Because they work. We respond to them. What's the first thing all of us did in 2020 during COVID when they said there's a toilet paper shortage? Oh, my gosh. It didn't matter how much toilet paper you had in a pantry in your cabinet. All of a sudden, you felt like you needed to get more toilet paper just in case. Yeah. (laughs) Right? As we're talking about scarcity, I'm thinking how perfect we don't tend to eat Thanksgiving food in like the way we do on Thanksgiving. And like with us being in the holiday season, I'm guessing like that scarcity kind of shows up for people. Yeah, definitely. In that way. Like Mm -hmm. I I would imagine it might be harder for people to trust themselves and to give themselves permission for food because it's like, oh, my gosh, I only get this once a year. Like I have to control myself. Yeah. Or I am going to just go. I know people that wear like specific pants because they stretch more on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it might go in the other direction where it's like, I'm going to go all out. So glad that you're bringing this up because when people hear someone like myself, a dietitian, say, I'm encouraging you to give yourself unconditional permission to eat. For some reason, most people's minds tend to go to, oh, my gosh, like, who gave that dietitian her credentials? She just told me to just eat any food I want, however I want. And how could that possibly be healthy? The thing that's missing. So there's... This making peace with food is only one of the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Yes, I want you to eat any food you want. I want you to enjoy it as much as you possibly can. I don't want you to feel guilty about eating it, but I also want to help you eat it with attunement. So Mm -hmm. the Thanksgiving example is a good one. If I just go to Thanksgiving dinner and think, okay, I have full permission to eat anything here, so I'm just going to eat and eat and eat. Well, you're not actually intuitively eating then either because you're missing that piece of attunement. It doesn't feel good to ignore my fullness cues or to only eat certain types of food and not others. So they go together. They layer together. But the attunement piece is often what's missing. If anyone out there is familiar with intuitive eating and you have had that question about, well, how could that possibly be healthy? All these intuitive eating counselors are telling people to eat all the donuts and eat all the ice cream. Well, no, we're actually saying it's okay to eat them. We're not saying only eat them. And we're also saying, let's eat lots of other nutrient-dense foods as well. And then, oh, yeah, let's do it with a deep connection to your body and your hunger and your fullness cues. You saying that reminds me of one of the things that has 
stuck with me since our work together has been this focus on like, what can we add? Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. Yeah, I want to add. I don't want to like take away. Like, I don't want to just eat Cheez-Its. It's actually really boring. Yes. <laughs> what can I add to that? Absolutely. I don't want to talk about what to take away. I prefer to teach people what you can add because it's way more fun and enjoyable. Yeah. So, Maura, really quickly, you've been through this process of giving yourself unconditional permission and making peace with food. And for you, it was Cheez-Its and ice cream. Oh, Cheez-Its and ice I'm cream. I'm wondering what you can share for anyone out there who's thinking, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Can you share a little bit about what your experience was like? It's hard because I have heard people say this exact thing to me. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what my mind tells me. <laughs> like, you don't get it. I truly was. No, I will give myself permission to have ice cream in the house with a limit. Yeah. (laughs) It definitely has been an ongoing journey, giving myself full permission, like true permission. But what has really happened is that there is ice cream in my freezer right now. Yes. And I honestly forgot until this moment when I'm like, oh, yeah, there's ice cream in my freezer. I'm smiling from ear to ear because this, I love it when my clients tell me, oh, my gosh, I have ice cream in my freezer and I forgot it was there. Yeah. Not because I don't want you to eat it, but that used to control your thoughts if there was ice cream in the freezer, right? Yeah. It was so loud almost. Like I could hear the ice cream calling to me (laughs) (laughs) all day long. Yeah. So to get to the point where you can have it in your freezer and forget it's there and then maybe next week you'll remember and you'll enjoy it and you'll move on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is what intuitive eating in part, is all about being able to keep that food there and feel in control and also be able to enjoy it and eat it in attunement with your body. But I love how you said, well, I I was giving myself permission with a limit. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's really helpful to work with an intuitive eating counselor if you're going through this process, because I can tell you right off the bat, People think they're giving themselves permission, but actually they're placing all these conditions on it. Yeah. So I I think you pointed that out to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I really did think I was giving myself permission. I'm like, well, I got two gallons of ice cream. And you're like, I can't remember exactly what I had said, but I think I was like, there's no way I am able to eat both gallons of ice cream and still be allowed to have more. Yeah, I think that is actually true. You had bought some and then you felt like, well, I ate it and now I shouldn't buy any more because I ate all that. Yeah. And then I, I was sharing with you, you just placed a condition on that. Yeah, that really opened my eyes because I did think I was giving my, I did give myself, I bought two gallons of ice cream. That's mm-hmm. permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's looking at what are the hidden conditions that someone may be placing on it and then also really that experimentation piece of it may look like you're overeating ice cream for a while. I want to be fair. That's part of it. Or you're eating more ice cream than feels good for you. That happened for me. That is a common, we call it the honeymoon phase of intuitive eating. But a lot of people need a lot of support to not then pull the pendulum back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely wanted to and I didn't. And I'm really glad I didn't because now I forget about the ice cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, I guess to sort of sum up what I would leave people with is the thought that permission takes the power away from the food and puts it back firmly in your hands, in your choices and in your body. And then also, if you are thinking, oh, my gosh, I hear Maura saying that that worked for her, but that would never work for me. I've tried it or I'm just way too into whatever the foods are. I would really invite you to just sit back and consider, is there a lot of restrictive, scarcity-based mindset and dieting going on? And if so, 
can you try to get on board with the thought that maybe it's not actually you who can't eat it, but the diet or the restriction that's causing you to feel that way? Yeah. And if so, undieting is really, really awesome. And if you want help with that, by all means, reach out to me. But also you could sign up for my free five-day mini course, which is how to break up with dieting for good to help you get started on this journey and just consider some uh, a different perspective. Love it. Me too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her at her website, moratani.com. If you want to connect with me, find me on Instagram at Tara Deleon Fitness. To connect with Elizabeth, visit her at www.elizabetharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join her health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook.